What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. <sighs> all right, what's up, listeners? This is another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast. Um, it's going to be a good one. Um, it was a funny one before this. I will find the bonus material and put it somewhere. Maybe at the end of this, maybe you'll have to find it somewhere. Um we got a movie don't try to steal our movie because we will find you um we are in different places and i like that's all i'm gonna say i'm an axe kind of sewer um those are no threats those are just saying (laughs) (laughs) oh man i can vouch for that too holy cow (laughs) axes So today, um, I have the cast back of, uh, if you listen to A World on Fire, part one and part two, um, Ronnie, uh, Dale, and uh, V, they are back again. Um, As we get closer to uh, November and uh, voting season, and I mean, voting season is already here, but uh, the actual election and voting, um, I was definitely thinking of having an episode that talks about... (coughs) the outlook into voting and just everything and the process and, and all this stuff. Um, I honestly don't know what's going to come from this, but hopefully you get some educational pieces of material as I am a person that's still trying to learn and, and develop and become a more conscious voter um, to the best of my abilities in a country that loves to have magicians as politicians. Oh, that actually went well together. That went, I had to create a rap album now. Um, so, uh, just, just want to go into that. that, What was that? It's scary that you use that phrase and we'll get into that, but. (laughs) Varun has a lot of stuff. Yeah, he got, I might, this might just be the Varun episode. Like we could just shut up and just like let him go. But, uh, Ronnie, uh, just want to check in, man. How are you doing, Ronnie? Um, so let me go ahead and say first and foremost, man, like. Rest in power to Ruth Ginsburg, man. She just passed Race away man. right before we even got on this episode. Like yeah. we just got the news anyway, right before yep. we started this episode. I had been like, okay, so uh, sorry for being a little bit late, gentlemen. Also, just wanted to say that, but I was upgrading my computer. I'm not upgrading. I mean, updating it, and it took like two hours. But then, like, I was checking my phone and I saw the news, and I'm like, oh boy, I think we're gonna have a lot to say today. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, there's going to be all sorts of uh, different things coming on uh, the horizon, I'm sure. I mean, we can go ahead and make our own personal guesses and whatnot and theorize, hypothesize how everything can change in just like an instant as everything has changed this year alone. Um, but, you know, we'll just no matter what, try to keep the positive energy just always, always moving because we are going to need it through and through at through every moment. And, well, through and through, that is for sure. 2020 has been a year and we're almost into the holiday seasons. Uh, Varun, uh, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. Um, I mean, despite how bad the year has been for everyone, it has been a amazing year for me. Uh, so it's really weird. I'm sitting in this island of kind of peace and contentment and everything kind of happening in my way and every, everywhere else, every, everyone's on fire. And I'm just like, oh, this is this is uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, things are pretty good for me. 
All right. Dale. <laughs> I'm good. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I am actually surprised at how well things are going on my side. You sort of expect where is the other shoe going to drop? Mm -hmm. But I can't say that I am suffering at this present moment in time. I am actually enjoying life. Well, it's good. not the best life. Mm -hmm. So don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of what's happening right now. RBJ just, RBJ just died, and I am worried for my own reasons. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are suffering, they feel, because of the coronavirus pandemic. It's not a good year, but somehow I'm surviving it and surviving it better than I would have thought was possible. So I'm not looking at the glass is half empty. It's half full because I'm surviving it. And my mom will be proud that I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> this year has definitely been um, a lot for everybody. Um, and I mean, a roller coaster. I would definitely say 2020 could definitely be um, described as a roller coaster. Um, just a whole bunch of changes. Um, lifestyle changes. uh mental changes just a bunch for everybody and so like i said at the beginning um the process of citizenship of voting um and all of this stuff and what it get into be and what we when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago of what this episode would look like um definitely want to get your guys's input um as you are some very high intellectual people i believe um i don't know if you will subscribe to that but okay um i'll just i'll just say you're there so um <laughs> <laughs> the magic so um so want to just get into it so i mean just jumps right into it and so like my first question for you all are is um what has made the the political process matter to you um i think that's one of the things that a lot of people can get um lost in because it's almost like a <clears throat> i would say the especially when they think about the presidency it becomes like a pageantry um it really becomes like like oh like who is it it's like all the fanfare but what what has made really noticing, understanding uh, the process of politics and all of it shit um, matter to you? And uh, Varun, we can start with you because I know you got fire coming. <laughs> yeah. um, what did, um, I guess that goes back to when did when I got interested in politics and which is my family's kind of always talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my grandfathers, both of them were, uh, pretty highly placed in the Indian civil services. So politics has kind of always been a part of our thing, even though my parents were, you know, just corporate, like corporate management. Uh, okay. uh, and, but the big thing for me is I, I as anyone who knows me will vouch, I really love to argue about shit. Um, just, no. I, I might not, take a position. I might not really believe in the thing that I'm arguing, but man, will I argue it. Um, <laughs> politics is one of those things that just fires people up. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm on it. Uh, so uh, as a result, I just ended up learning a lot of things because I, I when I argue with people, I actually listen to them. I'm not, I'm not usually trying to win them over on anything, you know, mm -hmm. I'm uh, not always true, but sometimes <laughs> I just uh, argue for the sake of arguing and I learn a lot from them. Um, biggest thing I, I learned in the process 
was my own emotional currents when I was going through the process of arguing, you know, what mm-hmm. really fired me up, uh, what fired other people up, um, why the people were getting so worked up about it, like worked up, like angry or like, you know, furious or like, and for me, like, I, I, you know, I get there quite a bit too, but it's, it's, I can back myself off real fast mm-hmm. if, I, if I have to. Um, so that's, that's kind of what drove me to it. And then what kind of really got me into it was when I started reading like Machiavelli and Sun Tzu and, you know, the, the old masters and I started reading about them. And then I started viewing the, the pageantry and the games and the, the backstabbing. And it, it really became very, like, very much like a story, like just one long, ugly story that is really, really pointless and, and <laughs> full of a lot of stupid crap happening. But it's so fun to watch. It's just so much fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's what got me into it. <laughs> okay, uh, Dale. Um... Short story is short, too short. Long story is kind of long. Mom was always into politics. She always talked about it. And you listen, because it's your mom. After you listen for a while, you go, this is important. This is important. You as a black man, you have a vote. You're also uh, you're also Indian. It was back when it was P, P, un-PC or PC, whatever. You gotta, you gotta get your vote is what matters. They can't take that away from you, mm-hmm. especially after what Martin did, what what the, the doctor did. So for me, it was about okay, voting. It's important. <clears throat> so informed voting is what she started mentioning. Then, knowing what was going on, you need research, research. Go to the library, read the newspapers. I was born in the newspaper age, microfilm, all that shit, blah blah blah. So you go okay, research both sides of the argument, blah blah blah. And then you realize, wait a minute, you, well, let me go talk to some people about voting and stuff. And they, you, you ask them questions and you discover that they know nothing. Mm. Not that. And these are people who you assume know more than you because you're raised in a ghetto. and you don't, You're not supposed to know this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute, hold on. You're supposed to know this stuff. Why don't you know this stuff? And I realized when we have to start talking to people and getting to be interested in this stuff to actually research before you vote. It doesn't happen, but you know, that's the way it is now. But also voting is important. Knowing about the issues are important. And my mom stressed this, local is more important than national. Mm -hmm. And I always asked her why, it's the president. Local is more important than national. The president doesn't care how much, how what's going on with your street, where the potholes are. The mayor does, but the president does not. Local is more important. And that didn't translate to, into community until much later when I was speaking with Varun because he started stressing community. Varun has got me on the side of community since then. And I did not have that kind of community growing up. But what I did is I went out there and told people, you need to vote in your elections, even the off-brand elections. This is important. These are municipal issues, city issues that matter to you, that can affect what you do. I live in a project. Do you drive a car? Yes. That means you have to pay a parking meter. <laughs> this is important to you. <laughs> it's like, what? They control that? Yes, they do. Go look at the ballot thing and vote. Find out what's going on. And I was really active in that. But I've always believed that we, as a minority, have to have 
that vote. And it's one of the key things because we don't have the money. And the, the ending of this long, short story, my mom's thing was back was backed up by, I watched the movie. I don't know if anybody ever seen it or heard of it. It's called Tucker, The Man and His Drink. You ever heard of this movie? Mm-mm. Yep. Okay. Tucker made a car. This car in the late 40s was ahead of its time by about 15 to 20 years. Things that we take for granted today, fuel injection, you know, safe seat belts actually in a car, (laughs) hydro aerodynamics to make it heat. I mean, basically, there are stories of Tucker outrunning police police cars and motorcycles trying to chase him. Oh, wow. That's how fast this car was. It outran (laughs) these these, uh, cop cars. Damn, it was like, what the hell? This man had one of the best cars in the world, but he wasn't the big three. He had a better car than a big three had. Mm-hmm. He was preaching things that the big three, safety, fuel injection, things that would cost them billions to catch up to if the Tucker became a popular car. They proceeded to incriminate this man, destroy his reputation, destroy his life and his family. Thankfully, he was not convicted of any crimes, but because the big three were able to have political power, they were able to sway everything so that there were only 50 Tuckers ever produced. Oh, wow. Yes. And when I saw the movie, it said at the end there were 46 still in working order from 1948-49. Wow. And that was in 88. That's how good that car was built. Mm -hmm. But this man was squashed. Even though he was a Euro-American man with a great idea in the late 40s after coming back from the war, he was stamped down even much in much more fierce fashion <laughs> than I've ever seen anybody of the same ethnicity be smacked down by the people above him who was supposed to should embrace according to the American ethic mm-hmm. that you're a little person having a dream and making it larger and bigger. And I realized we ain't got no power. <laughs> it's not the only power we have is the vote. Why? Because we ain't got no power. <laughs> if you could smack down, and here's my thoughts, if you could say, if a Euro-American companies can smack down a Euro-American man with a better idea about car development than, it, than and that was, oh my God, just because it was a new idea, though, we as black people, as Native Americans, as Chinese people, as anything else, we ain't got a chance unless we vote. Because you cannot take away our vote. Well, you can, you can suppress it, but, <laughs> but we still have that power. And that's yeah. why I vote. That's why elections are important. That's why this is important. Even though it seems tedious and fucking seems as if it's the same God dang thing that happened before, mm-hmm. it's not a, that's not the important part. It's about being knowing what's going to happen, knowing what's going and knowing what's on there, what people are trying to take away from you or give to you or protect what you already have. Yeah. It's your vote to, for you, your community, to make that community better. Mm-hmm. And that's important. It's your future, your franchise. And that's why voting is important to me. My mother put that in my head. All right. Another another parental connection. Um, Ronnie, the process of the political views and <clears throat> aspects for you. You know, I'm actually going to kind of piggyback on what some things Dell said, because uh, I 
was <clears throat> very much in the library every single summer from like the age of I, I don't know maybe six to 12 13 I was in the library every summer because that's where my mom worked and that's where I pretty much learned all my skills like most of it was you know when computers were out like I was super interested in computers but also before that I got to play with typewriters and uh microfiche great shout out Dell like you know thank I you, got to go you. ahead and check those things out and <laughs> got to check out the old periodicals on those and so I remember those <clears throat> you know I, I've, I got to mess around with the big old floppies that were like really large yes. and then even smaller oh four God. inch floppies <laughs> all the way down to the 2.5 inch floppies Thank that you. had 1.44 <laughs> megabytes. So when it came to all this like library living, I read a lot of books when it came to um, Greek mythology and uh, just a lot of history about Greece. And learned about uh, politics uh, a lot through there, like through democracy, uh, learned a lot of democracy uh, about how they had set up their system and everything like that. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then I got a little bit more interested in just history books in general, specifically like, you know, American history, uh, found out how freaking crazy terrible it was. And also all the history behind voting, uh, as well as what it took for you know, men uh, of color, women of color, uh, just everyone in general, what it got, what it took to get them to eventually vote. And, you know, there was a lot of history in that. And a lot of that is still pretty recent history, if you think about it. And if you were to think about also things today, how Dell brought up the Tucker, you kind of see those same things happening in today's day and age. Uh, in today's day and age, we have protests going on during the time of this pandemic. I'm always going to bring that up because we're still in that time. We're still in that era. Um, you, you, you've seen it in football. If I need to go ahead and bring up Kaepernick again, uh, he <laughs> pretty much run out. He got run out of the NFL. Let's go ahead and call it that. And don't, I don't want to get into argument about football because honestly, if you were to ask me if I'm a sports fan, I'm an esports fan. You want to talk to me about Street Fighter stats? I'll talk to you about Street Fighter stats. I'll talk to you about Dragon Ball Fighter stats, Mortal Kombat stats. Don't talk to me about football. I don't care about your opinion if you thought Kaepernick was a great quarterback or not a great quarterback. But let me tell you, he was good enough to get into some playoff games where other quarterbacks and other teams don't in his short span. So that's all I'm going to say about Cap. Not really, though. Let's go ahead and talk about his... <laughs> Go ahead and call attention to certain political issues using his platform. And you would think that someone in his particular status or his platform doing things not only in a peaceful manner, in a silent manner, in a nonviolent manner, that that would be okay. But he was torn apart. And what did they use to go ahead and tear him apart? Veterans. Really? So mm -hmm. they went ahead and tore this man's <laughs> entire mm -hmm. career apart by utilizing veterans for him utilizing his not only American right to peacefully protest, to do it nonviolently, and to do it without even having to say a word. He just took a knee. And he was run out of the NFL. 
And now everyone kind of in the media, I'm going to say the media, seems to be holding LeBron James up a little bit more. But we know that that dude was still in front of LeBron James doing the exact same silent protest thing. Indeed. And now we got people who actually go out and protest right now in this day and age. And still the most power that we all have collectively in this time of a pandemic, in this election year, is our right to vote. People have died for that right to vote. Men and women. Gay, straight. Different colors. Doesn't matter. God-fearing it doesn't matter like it all these types of people have died for your right to vote so you would think that something like that would go ahead and rally america however we still got so much and i'm gonna say it because you've heard it before confusion in the streets (laughs) why do we have that this year who wants it that way this year why does it have to be that way it doesn't and so when it comes to the political process, I, I, I agree with you, Dell. That's all the power any of us peasants in this country have. And so, yes, we got to do it nationally and we got to do it, most importantly, locally, like you said. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at on that. <clears throat> See, and this was the, the reason why I wanted to bring you gentlemen back and on to, to talk about this is because... Um, and and part of your your interest and even even being able to see this process was a connection with somebody in your family so like i didn't have that in the sense of like being around that being taught you know this is your vote and this what this means and and this is what these local people who want to come and knock on your door or put their face on your yard or whatever and all of that stuff meant um there was no connection and so honestly that's what my I'm trying to even still learn to this day and and this process and everything and and understanding that and what my knowing what my vote means, but how to be still more of a sounded mind voter and not just going for the for the political stuff, not just going for the media stuff or even the music stuff, because I mean, music puts a lot of stuff into the music and sways you in, in a way, shape and form. And especially in the area that we're in now, there's so less so less time that people take to actually research something and to develop something and to really look into something i won't say i won't say there's less i will say they don't effectively use it in opportunities where they should more um because a lot of times a lot of people have a lot of value in material things and they will research that out the wazoo when it comes out what the bugs have been uh who had it before when's the new brand coming out so research skills are there but they're not being utilized in like you all were saying the the true thing that matters is in the sense of your vote and so <clears throat> you touched on on that and everything and like discovering that but when did you really start to like now start to peel back the onions of seeing what this political nastiness is because a lot of people look at it and they're like i i don't want to think about that process i don't want to re- like it's too much there's so many smoke and mirrors like like what the fuck like how do i move forward with this and so um dale what's your what's your take on that man 
it was different for me, man. I mean, my mom looked at the material. She researched it. So I was right along with her because she's my mom. So to me, the process is easy as hell to slide right into myself and as I went into adulthood because I watched my mom do it. I, we talked about some of the stuff as I got older and it made sense. It made sense to be involved and listen to these things and how these things affected our everyday lives. That was weird because you would feel, oh, this is proposition about school. But this school getting this particular thing would affect this neighborhood getting this additional money from the state government <laughs> to do this thing here. And I thought, wait, why is this so convoluted? And this is, she said, this is why you do the research to find out why, why people are doing the things that they're doing. It was easier for me because of that. I got yeah. to see her do the research. So for me, Unfortunately, it, while it being easier for me, it's hard. So when I've talked to some people who've asked me about it, ask them, what are the issues that actually interest you? Mm -hmm. And I sat them down with me to go over things. And I would point out specific uh, things on the ballot. They're like, oh, that affects me how? Well, you drive your car. Yeah, and this meter is here, so it's the intersection, and it's on the ballot for the city. And they're saying this. This is how it will affect you. What is it say that in a little thing? No, it doesn't, but that's your thing. You have to look these things up. So I would individually take people into the process and have them teach other people about the process. Because I feel, I think Maroon said it best to me <laughs> a couple months back, I plant seeds and I let them grow. Yeah, and that's my thing. I can't teach everybody, but I can teach people who can teach other people. And hopefully that will help other people to actually become enfranchised understand why their vote is so important because that's how i learned by my mom's passion for this yeah yeah at least not teach them for free be made out there go ahead Varun. um so parsing through information was the career that i wanted to go through uh who's going to be doing it for uh the government uh, and I was kind of trained in it. Uh, but even before then, I just had the ability to track down information, find things that I wanted to find, um, and kind of put, make connections that uh, between really disparate, like disparate piece of information. Uh, it, it was, it's just kind of always been how, how my, my thought process operates. And so it's, it was very easily translatable to politics where information is, is fragmented and scattered. It's basically like a puzzle you get to put together without actually knowing what the picture is. Mm -hmm. um, so you're of putting a puzzle together from back. Um, but uh, the shapes and contours of those pieces of information, I'm, I'm good at tracking down. Um, what really made the process easier, and I didn't have the words for it until recently, um, actually until the last three years, but when I realized politics was not about facts mm. and was not about truth and that politics was in fact about values and interests. Um, okay. and again, these are words that I, I learned very recently. And so let, let me, let me clarify that. No, yeah, dig, 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 dig the complete hole. Like, dig, just get a trench and just let's go. 
so the 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 interests aspect of this is is very straightforward. Okay, it's the monetary. It's it's what are you paying in terms of material wealth? Who is paying what in terms of material wealth? When uh, a policy goes through, say you want a new bus line, yeah. uh, say you want to increase defense spending, who is paying for these things? Very straightforward. It's the values thing that gets really, really kind of tricky and where the whole facts versus truth thing comes into play. And I'm sure you guys have watched the, the whole election argument. And uh, before the pandemic started, uh, one of Trump's campaign things was uh, truth, not facts, um, <laughs> which I found hilariously funny. But um, it, what I've noticed is that a lot of people get very emotionally invested in in slinging these facts back and forth between each other, right? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, statistics, you know, 90% of people do this, 90%. And it's like most of these statistics are absolute crap. Just yeah. absolute crap. It's it, I, I can't even remember what what the percentage, ironically, I can't remember what the percentage of studies uh, were that are, are, are essentially so bad that you shouldn't act, that they wouldn't pass even the most ba basic of academic rigor, right? Well, well just, just to give you like an example, because like when you talk about facts, and this is like super not even in the level of this, but it's how people try to use facts and get in people's emotions and values. I remember all the commercials for eHarmony and they talk about one in three, like relationships starting online. I'm like, one in three is not a good ratio. No. Because if, if you put that out to six, that's two of six. That's three of nine. Like that's not a good ratio of success for you. Yep, yep. And so the, the values thing, the best way I can describe it is this, okay? Uh, and this this is a story that has happened everywhere in the world, literally everywhere in the world where there's running water, where there's uh, water flowing flowing in a river. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and basically what happens is the government or some large uh, corporate entity goes to a to a site and decides they want to build a dam in that site because the site is very good for building the dam. Building that dam will inevitably end up flooding out, you know, hundreds of villages, uh, small towns that have been essentially farming those regions for you know, generations upon generations. And in some places it literally was like, you know, as far back as living memory goes uh, mm -hmm. and beyond. Um, so then this whole debate starts up between the people who live in those villages and the people who want to build these dams. Um, and the debate is essentially facts being slung at each other, but the facts are based on values. If the people have been farming the land, they might have an ancestral connection where they're literally like, look, our ancestors worked this land. And for us, there's a there's a, a literal, like we have to work this land because that's what our ancestors, like, you know, our, our passage to heaven or whatever. Yeah, that's our legacy. Our, our legacy is it, it depends on us farming and working this land. And the the uh, corporation or government or whatever is essentially like, yeah, but the electricity from this dam is going to help millions of people, you know, make them, uh, allow them to live a modern life, blah, blah, blah. Usually what ends up happening is the corporate or government entity being the bigger ones ends up winning. And um, the uh, villagers end up losing. Um, but what is important here is that the values, right? Mm -hmm. Both sides are true in what they are, are, are absolutely factually accurate in what they say. The villagers essentially like, well, our livelihoods and our, our spiritual lives depend on us being on this land. 
the government and corporate entities are like, well, you know, building this dam will help people live a more comfortable life. life. Yeah. Both sides are absolutely accurate. And if you look at any political equation, this is what you will have. You will have values on one side, values on the other, surrounded by a bunch of facts. And what you're arguing realistically is not the facts or the truth. You're arguing your truth and the facts that support your truth and the emotions that you feel are because your values are being challenged. Mm -hmm. Well, because because in your example there, the the country, the, the outside entity isn't even taking into consideration what the village need. It's just telling you what will come from this. Correct. And they'll, they'll always be like, you know, we'll compensate you well, we'll compensate you well. They never do. Most of those villagers, you know, end up dirt poor and some, some make it, most don't. Uh, mm -hmm. is the standard on that and this is true with any political equation that you really look at is i'm not it's not always village versus corporate entity or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it it's it's always a conflict between this person's values and then this other person's values and which is why people get so so emotionally worked up over it so when uh and this is a really bad habit especially in uh colleges and academia and people who have who, who view themselves as intellectuals, we don't take into we don't take into to consideration that a person might have an entirely different value base than us, mm -hmm. and we start arguing facts with them, and then you you see this on and please don't ever get into arguments online. Just just don't do it. <laughs> it's 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 pointless. It will get you nowhere, and all it does is generate anger. But you will see this all the time online: just people slinging facts back and forth with each other like they're chucking rocks and it's like you're get, you're getting nothing done you're literally getting nothing done you're just hardening the other person's because yeah. the other person is not getting themselves entrenched because someone is throwing rocks at them mm. they're, they're, they're bunkering down um so when i figured this out this whole values and interest thing like it was like everything just suddenly making sense okay because politics stopped becoming about the facts and the truth and it was mostly about us trying to negotiate very different value you know value bases and trying to get the country to work along those lines mm -hmm. which is a very difficult thing to do yeah no i mean it's like you said you have these these peelings of i have this idea in my head i have this in my idea in my head and this is what's going to work for you this is what's working for us and so it's like a, it's relationship and like it's a whole bunch of bullshit relationship and so uh ronnie what's what's your take on this the peeling back of the onion on this on all this shit and everything that politics is and and can be and everything and you being in the library and understanding this stuff i can just see you right now like tucked up in the corner with like <laughs> 16 books to your side and then reading one and then it's like oh my god it's like the surprise look on your face all right i mean it is actually about 16 books you're actually pretty correct on the number but frick my answer to your question is actually quite simple though doug and i've already stated it in this podcast there's too much confusion in the bloody streets that's my answer but to elaborate i guess a little bit more on that when it comes to and i definitely agree with uh what varun said when it comes to uh everyone's ideals of values and everything like that um when shit hits the fan 
kind of like this entire year, you really get to see what those values are. Mm-hmm. And I've known this ever since I was a kid, back when Rodney King happened, and I was like, holy shit. I mean, even before this happened, there was a crack epidemic going on. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, and I used to play out in those dangerous-ass streets. I was I was going about my business like not a care in the world, enjoying hanging out with my cousins who were my best friends, and we'd, you know, climb trees, ride bikes, whatnot. Not having an idea that pretty much all the adults around me were full of shit, crazy, and absolutely <laughs> hurting and drugging themselves to death. Holy cow! <laughs> that w- yeah, let, let's give a big round of applause to adults back in the 80s, because, oh my god, holy shit. Yeah. I absolutely, I learned a lot from all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I feel like the next generation after me learned a lot from me, and a lot of them want to have a more positive outlook on their futures. Yeah. There's some that are still going about their business, all ignorant to what's going on around them, but... Others, kind of like me, were forced to grow up a little too fast and realize the bullshit's there all the time. Yeah. And it's always shifting. It's always shifting. If it's not, you know, the crack epidemic back then, it's the opioid epidemic right now. And holy cow, if still there's not a big big group of bunch of dumb idiots out there. And I'm going to say idiots because what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing about your circumstances all around you, knowing that mm-hmm. you even got kids watching you? I mean, your your government's not well. People are claiming uh, corruption on both sides, at pointing fingers at each other, and what are you doing? You're afraid to teach your own kids some math. You wish that they were probably playing outside and hopefully still working towards their basketball career they're never going to (laughs) get. All because your values are based on the most successful people are probably the strongest people, the fastest people, the ones that are clever enough to go ahead and write some rhymes and spit their feelings out and then collect a whole bunch of money. But um, or maybe not can't collect a bunch of money, but just the appearance of money. Yeah, or the appearance of. But um, no. Like let's let's break the illusion right now. Everything's not all right in your environment. Your government yeah. can't do anything about it. Your local government can't do anything about it. It's up to your community folk to get get to stepping, get mm-hmm. to work. What are you doing? You better teach your kids some math or teach them some history if maybe that was your strong suit or teach them uh, how to sew. Teach them some life skills. Get on it because there's a whole different means of survival coming your way. And if you're not prepared for it, you might be lagging behind. Well, see, and 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 the thing I would say is like you you said the the opioid epidemic, but honestly, I would say we're in a technology epidemic. Technology is really a drug. Like you talked about, like Varun just just touched on, like people up here having these not like I won't even call them arguments because usually in arguments you can find something. Like these are just monkeys throwing shit at each other, 
and like it it makes no sense and it gets clogged up in your fur and then it's like nothing you're learning from it and then you'll just turn around and have the debate again and then somebody else get dragged in it's like hey tommy come look at this and then it just goes from there but i think we we often look at and i and i say this especially as a career services person um technology has hindered a lot of growth technology can be a good thing anything but it uh uh when you use something as a crutch, that's when it can become bad, no matter how good it can be, because a person could literally break their leg. They could break their leg, they're on crutches and everything, and then they can become dependent on that crutch and then just literally just want to keep using the crutches and their leg could be fine. Yep. And so it's it's really that, that base of growth and development or shit. I mean, like in, in retail of what it says, you can almost say the world is a big retail factory in so many different ways, but it's passing the buck. It's like, oh, okay, I ain't got to deal with that like, like you know, somebody else will. And and I think part of that community base of what you all were touching on and what we'll go into next is is that not seeing value into that. Just uh, so the, the, the way that technology thing works, right? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so the emotional aspect of, of politics has been one of those things that I've been really tripping out on uh, in the last last few few years. So uh, before I started working in the trades, I was working in retail, like you know most people. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we we were making less than fifteen bucks an hour, like less than fourteen really. Uh, you know, scraping by kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, then this was the, when during the whole Brexit thing was going on, right? Yeah. That all that all that stuff in England was going on, and uh, like I was getting into discussions about like. Well, my coworkers were bringing up things about this whole Brexit thing, yeah. um, and I was very confused by it because we were retail workers who have no interests, and apparently they have values that have something to do with England, even though they've never been. They have no family over there, and other than what they read in the paper, they don't really know anything about the the, the British British system. Um, and they were getting really emotional about it. Like I had a, a, a good friend of mine who, you know, knows quite a bit more about it, but again, has no interest in the, in that in that region. Yeah. Um, uh, get very snarky with me about it, and, and like, it was very confusing to me mm -hmm. because it's like, look, we're all, and I don't know if you guys saw this too in your groups of friends, where like there was some value which I'm still trying to have, like I'm still figuring out what to name that value, you know, getting worked up about stuff that's going on way the hell over in England when, you know, things are going really wrong here and yeah, they're yeah. barely paying attention to the things that are going wrong here. But all of a sudden they've all become experts on, on the intricacies of uh, the, <laughs> the political economy of England. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I, I just could not wrap my head around this this weird and it's 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 a it's a little bit of political magic right there it's like uh, uh it's a you, you know you you distract the person over here so you mm -hmm. can do your thing over here all of a sudden they look back and it's like oh where did that elephant come from <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, well buddy you were looking over at england the elephant came in through the front door oh um, it, it is it is the heights of absurdity for me that people in this country 
are, are getting so emotionally worked up about like England and their, their treaties with Europe or whatever, when it really has nothing at all to do with us, especially at the bottom level of the economy. You know, I get it if you're, you're up in the elite, elite sectors, right? Uh, yeah. I get it because you have investments, you know, you, 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 manipulating foreign governments is a, is a thing you do over, over breakfast kind of thing. But it's yeah. like at the bottom level of the economy, you have no such investments and yet you're still getting worked up about the stuff that the elite are getting worked up about. Um, yeah. What? I, I feel like technology is partially to blame. Like our, our feeds, like our you know, social media feeds, our news feeds, we're all talking about Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. And um, uh, it, it's a really weird thing. Um, there have been a lot of protests recently in, in India uh, with people carrying Black Lives Matter sign. And everyone's looking around is like, you, you guys notice we're all the same skin color over here, right? Uh, like it's, it's very weird. And those Black Lives Matter protests aren't in support of what's going on here in the States. It's dealing with the internal politics of India, which is like really, so it's not just happening here. It's yeah. happening, you know, in other places too, where they're, they're, you know, they're talking about like police violence against blacks in England. As far as I know, the cops don't have, like aren't allowed to own guns or have guns on their, their person in England, unless they're part of the, the special arms, arms units, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's very like this kind of thing is is spreading like spreads all over the world that kind of bounces off of each other and it becomes very very weird. People get emotionally involved in things that have absolutely nothing to do with them. Yes, yeah. using symbols that have absolutely nothing to do with their circumstances. So yeah, technology is having a very weird effect on on how human beings deal with their immediate surroundings. Yeah, no, that no, that's very interesting to see the it's 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 the shiny car, but there's nothing on the inside. Um and, and that just development and everything and, and what that can mean and what that technology is. Uh Ronnie Ardell, anything on that? Uh when it comes to technology, and I'm definitely a technology guy. <laughs> I I have to say, man, there are limits. And there there seriously are limits. Honestly, me personally, I'm looking to go ahead and possibly get rid of all the social media. I, mm. I just I just don't like it. I don't see need for it. Like I'm more of a fan of either texting or picking up the phone and calling somebody. Or Zoom. Or Zoom. Or just join me for a video game online if you have the capacity to and then let's chat and talk. Like tomorrow night. Hey, I'm all about it. You're gonna beat me though. <laughs> You're probably gonna beat me. But honestly, like there's other aspects of technology that are coming in the future if we even have a future that are going to require law changes yeah and some of those law changes you know could affect uh, a lot of your own local community on in a big way uh we're you know we're getting self-driving cars and there's going to have to be that. all sorts of rules and regulations behind that and how that's going to work out uh we're going to have um Oh, geez. One day, you know, I what's this? I saw the Neuralink presentation where basically like you can do a whole bunch of crazy things like, uh, you know, allow people who haven't been able to walk before be able to walk again. But then later on, the idea is that things are going to get weird, like being able to transfer your memories into a robot body or something like that. What? Oh, gee. What like, are, what like we're looking at 
ghost in the shell type technology here. Like, you know, maybe bio-enhancing your eyes so you can see in different spectrums of, you know, whatever. Like, what, what else, like, what? I saw, like, maybe a year or so ago, they were talking about, like, having, like, the the womb of, like, a baby, like, what the womb of a baby would be, like, just, like, in your house, and you can, like, see the baby, like, growing. Like, it's not in an actual woman. It's... Why would you want that? No. Why would you want that? That's how zombies okay. are coming. Okay. That is how zombies, plus a whole bunch of other stuff, but that's the birth of zombies. So, as a... um. A dude on my uh, on my Facebook from who lives in India, um, ex military officer, like he he posted up this thing when the whole self driving cars, you know, was going to put you know millions of truckers out of jobs, blah blah blah, uh, going on, and he posted that like the Indian government really seriously needs to be looking looking into this issue kind of thing, and like immediately everyone jumped on his Facebook is like, have you seen the roads in India? Like even AI can navigate these roads. That AI is gonna like essentially build itself a spaceship and be like, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> so 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 the so the AI will become Ultron. Yeah, the AIs will be like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with yep. this traffic. I'm not dealing with these cows on the street. I'm gone, guys, you're on your own. <laughs> So, so, and and I think Ronnie, you touched on this, and this, and and, and Varun touching on that as well. It's it's the it's the idea of seeing how things affect you and being, and not saying you have to be ahead of things, but you should be vigilant of things, and vigilant of your community and everything. And I want you guys to touch on that part, um, because let's say the person is getting that um, voter fat booklet in their mail and everything that they get, and they're like. How in the hell do I navigate this to make it important to me? What would what what advice would you give that person? Have a drink, take a <laughs> breath. Um, <laughs> whatever drink that is of your choice, like yeah, don't like drink, like yeah, whatever that drink is of your choice. I didn't say alcoholic. I just had to have a drink. <laughs> um, look, look. Here, here's what you need to understand. Even in your local community, there's going to be too many things for you to keep track of by yourself. And we're in this really weird spot right now where we don't have any sound flows of information, okay? We don't have proper newspapers. We don't have proper, uh, proper town criers. We don't have uh, ways of figuring out other than going to the raw material on the government. And believe me, I've... I've I, I crawl through those every now and then because I like to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. They're a mess. Even in the most well-run cities, they're a mess. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to know all of these nuances of, you know, uh, government lingo and uh, all of this different, like, different names and faces and stuff. And traditionally, that's what the newspapers used to do for us. And obviously, they don't exist anymore. Um, so I'm going to throw back here to, to another def definition. Um, you guys have read 1984, right, George Orwell, 1984? Mm -hmm. uh, do you guys remember what he was punished for in that book? No? Okay. So the running assumption everybody makes is that he was punished for his affair with another party member uh, and, you know, like talking about rebellion and things. That is not what he was punished for. What he was punished for was keeping a journal. He started journaling daily events outside of the control of the party 
in order to confirm his suspicions that the party was making shit up. Mm. So when they were, the party was talking about how, you know, there was an excess in bread production, he went back to his journal entries and he was like, no, we were in, a, in the middle of a famine just a couple of days ago. And now you're talking about an excess of bread production. So he started keeping track of his own informational streams. And the term journalism literally means to keep a journal. And I strongly suggest it, and I, I've been doing this for a while, is that I try to write down at least a few bullet points every day about stuff either that I've observed or heard about or read about going on in my community. You yeah. know, like a list of who my city council people are, what the name of the mayor is, uh, how I feel about these things, because that's important. Um, like all of these little bits and pieces. And if you can get, you know, people, enough people in your community, like just 30 to 40 people all keeping track of some little bits of information, all of a sudden you create what's called a commonplace or a common sense of things. Mm -hmm. You literally create by writing these things down a common sense of what your world actually looks like. And that is something that is going to be incredibly potent and incredibly powerful when it comes to dealing with the day-to-day -day events in your life, especially in the, in the in, when, as Ronnie says, there is so much confusion in the streets. <laughs> confusion by creating by using your senses literally your eyes and your ears and your mouth uh, and your sense of smell too i guess because if you smell gas that's important um, <laughs> if you smell smoke there's probably a fire somewhere uh like you use your senses to get a get a picture of what the world actually looks like and when enough, enough people start doing that and talking to each other about it all of a sudden you have definition, you have less confusion, you have more certainty. That's, that's how mm -hmm. you do it. Mm. My brother Dale. Yes, sir. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Okay, my experience is different than most of the people's that my two brothers talking here right now. Because my mom was a weirdo. <laughs> In relation to technology, she always said it was suspect because it's a tool it should not be a source of entertainment. It's a tool to be mm. used. So I'd always came up with that mindset. The whole don't put your name on the internet thing, my mom was practicing that in ninety-six. Be unknown. Mm. No one should be able to know who you are. So all the things she did, avoid pictures, avoid this, avoid that. It was from her days when she was younger, but she had the thing in her mindset where be invisible. And a friend of mine, actually three friends, and it was a search for me on Google. And a person found a possible reference, a reference for my name on the eighth, eighth search page. I like that, that you have to go that deep to find any reference that might possibly be about me. So I avoid technology taking over, but I see it around me encroaching on everyone. And I realize yeah. I can't teach people away from that. Mm -hmm. Technology is dangerous. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm agreeing with Ronnie. Getting out of social media is, social media, it's use of social media, I should say. It's not social media itself. How social media has yeah. been use a some people say weaponized I would not go that extreme but 
it's on both sides. It's being used in a way to influence, but also mm -hmm. the people are allowing it to influence them because the library is important. Getting the facts is important. Is important. Talking to the community is important. And knowing about Critical both thinking. sides of the issue is important. I like what Varun said. I ran a student, I helped run a student organization where we would have meetings once a week, debates, subjects. And of course, I'm at a liberal university. I was trained to learn and know both sides of the aisle, of the argument. So you can counter it in case you are encountering someone who can actually speak their side intelligently and, <laughs> and, and a rhetoric that actually can convince people to do things. Yeah. So when I went into this room, people would bring up these issues and they would choose, of course, the liberal side. And I would successfully argue the conservative side or the side that didn't make any gosh darn sense. And I would put out common things of a everyday life that would touch on people in the room. And people would ask me, hey, I think to me, are you, are you this person? Are you this person? I'm like, well, who knows? Maybe I am. But know your argument's better <laughs> next time. <laughs> you know, because you let me win. And I shouldn't be able to win because you were right. At, at, at the same time, you let me win because you didn't know how to place an argument. And I think, and I, this goes back to technology and people not being able to speak, have conversations, walk up to someone, say hello, hold a conversation, be inspirational. I'm not an old school, oh my God, we played in the sunshine and in in, in back in the yard day guy. But <laughs> dang, <laughs> go talk to a person, get to know them. Yeah. See how they react outside in the wilderness, such as a cafe. Or a park. <laughs> Zoom right now, Dale. We got we got to meet in Zoom for the most part. So, but right now you don't want to meet him. I know, no, I know, I know, I know. I feel you don't. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, get out there. Technology is beneficial. It is a tool. We're using it right now as a tool. It should not lead our lives. We should not be zoomy, 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 zoomy. We should be. I use my tool. I'm gonna go back to real life now. Thank you very much. But that is not what is happening through wonderful advertising that is touching all our hearts and wanting us to be on things and do things because we feel we are being left out of knowing what's happening. And to individuals who basically say, oh my God, it's technology. <laughs> because they don't know how to have a conversation. Yeah. With human being. <laughs> so I don't know, it, it's, because it's a great tool that's being utilized to actually sway in using Varun's facts <laughs> as weapons. Yes, facts as weapons is hilarious. Right now, you have these two sides who are convinced they're speaking truth to power, but they're using facts. And now they're trying to rely on values and how to sway, and they're appealing to our emotions, which is what politics is, like Varun just stated. Any emotional roller coaster that we use to sway you back to our side. And defend us real as if you were in a religious faith cult. <laughs> because we're right and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before Ronnie jumps in here, I, I, I got to say something that really stuck out with me, what you said, Dale, what your mom said, like, you know, a tool shouldn't become pleasure. And it's like, in my head, instantly, I thought of like somebody like really finding enjoyment, full enjoyment, like every day with a hammer. <laughs> and I'm like... Same thing that popped into my head. <laughs> like, oh my god! 
and and I don't know. I understand it. I don't know what to do with it a little bit, but I understand it. And I'm like, damn, that made so much sense. <laughs> like you, like you use a hammer to build something. You use a hammer to build something. You're not like, oh yeah, this is my hammer. Like even like, look, look, we can take the extreme. Thor has a hammer, but Thor is that the hammer isn't everything to Thor. Like he can still fight with his hands. He can still get down. Like if he needs to, but he's not like just looking at the hammer all the time and like taking a selfie with the ha like the hammer is still the tool he uses to fight. And I'm like. I'm, we might we no. could just end it right. Hey. Go ahead, Ronnie. I'm just yo mama. All right, like mama, like <laughs> bro, stop buttering your bread with your hammer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, like if you think about it, okay, I definitely agree with the hammer analogy because okay, <laughs> let me say, I I love movies. I love movies, and I keep thinking of the scene in one of the Harry Potter movies where the two like twin boys are like going around the house and they're like popping up right behind their mom scaring her and the mom's like just because you can use your wands doesn't mean you gotta whip it out for everything and it's just like <laughs> for real for real like that's exactly what technology is is like i i remember being in high school right you couldn't get any probably one of the popular folks or whoever was considered the popular folks. You couldn't get them to step in a computer lab. Mm-hmm. Not at all. <laughs> now they got a whole fully functioning, like, server computer in their pocket because everyone, and I, I have to agree, like, it, it, there's, there's something about technology where uh, people just feel like they're left out of whatever. FOMO. As they say, yeah, yeah, and it's just like you, you gotta you gotta realize like fear of being left out. To, when it comes to technology, it is just a tool. You don't even possibly even need that tool. You don't need that much phone. Like, what do you need the camera for? What do you need the oh, like I I remember the joke of just like oh, you know, you have a phone with buttons. Ugh, disgusting. Like, because you don't even have buttons on your phone anymore. <laughs> Look, I got a, I got a friend to this day. She still has a flip phone. Yeah, that is exactly. phone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like a lot of people don't have that V. A lot of people. The, don't the have BlackBerry that v. was huge. The BlackBerry was the phone for okay. business back in the hold day. On. Hold on, I'm a BlackBerry aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, when it comes to technology and stuff like that, that's I I feel a big part of consumerism is the the fear of being left out. Mm -hmm. The fear of not having the newest or the greatest or whatever. But what does that mean for you? Did you change as a person now because you got the newest and greatest technology? You know, oh. <laughs> I think a lot of you change, but not for the better. Exactly. Whoa. You know, when it comes to technology or when it comes to, I think, I feel like when it comes to social media. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the combination of it with the technology and how it's being used, it's being used in a, uh, with malintent. When it comes to technology and doing something creative with it, like I like to do creative things, which is why I'm on technology all the time. Like I do recordings, like audio recording, video recording, uh, editing, you know, yeah, music stuff. I use it as a tool, but I can step away from it because there's life outside. Yeah, <laughs> there is life outside. I, though I have to go wear a mask, 
there's still life outside. Yeah, while you're wearing a mask because there's a specific kind of life outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you're wearing I, a mask because there's other lives outside. Right? I, I got to say this about the technology too. And when it comes to, let's say, doing your research on political aspects of things, mm-hmm. you can use Google all you want to. But I remember being young and hearing, don't believe everything you hear on the internet. Yeah. What happened to that campaign? <laughs> because people are believing all the things on the all internet. Right, no, no, Ronnie, Ronnie, even to step it back a scale, like I remember hearing, "Don't remember everything you hear." Period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are gonna are believing all of it as if it's true gospel fact. For me, technology has always been a like, and there, back in the 1970s, there was this whole movement called the appropriate technology movement, where people were essentially saying this was pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people were essentially saying that hey technology should be used appropriately because if we use it badly if we just use it for everything we're gonna lose our own human capacities but we're also gonna start destroying you know vi- valuable pieces of the environment and like well look around that's exactly what's been happening yeah um but yeah we've you know i i'm i'm big into old style and and ronnie and ronnie and dell have have indulged me as i've talked a lot about these like old school mnemonic techniques so mm-hmm. that i can reestablish my memory um like you know proper rhetoric and you know classical uh, uh it's and this is back from ancient greece and it essentially survived it's called the tribune uh the grammar logic and rhetoric mm-hmm. uh, like first you learn the words then you learn how to use the words and then you learn how to communicate the words uh communicate the, the the those things and it's it's very it's very important that these old skills especially on local levels start getting put into use again on a face-to-face level when we can get back to the whole face-to-face interactions obviously um in order for us to reestablish our 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 local our common places essentially mm-hmm. um because when you're you're learning you're learning the words to describe things that your senses are essentially picking up and then you're learning to process those words and then you're learning to communicate communicate what you're 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 essentially sensing um and these could be very important things they could be very dangerous things i mean literally your guys sky turned red i don't know if you communicated that to each other but that's an important thing that should be communicated (laughs) um the, you know the causes of it the what precautions you can take like what should you as a community be doing to mitigate these things because again your government's not going to step in to do do those mm-hmm. things like a lot of things at this point are up to local people local resources and whatever technologies you can scrape together which honestly given that we're at the bottom end of the food chain here yeah. ain't going to be a lot so learning to use our traditional means, our ancient means, our, and let's face facts, our ancestors have left us a boatload of techniques and methods that they used to essentially survive the natural world, which are still usable today. Yeah. Um, start digging into a library. You'll find a ton of it. ton of it. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this. I mean, even, and let me just couple of corrections. So FOMO means fear of missing out. That's, that's what FOMO means. Okay. Um, other thing, if somebody's listening to this, like, oh, these are some old, like, old people talking about technology. Mind you, you just heard Ronnie talk. Ronnie has built his own arcade system. So until you on that level, 
Like now that's technology. And so the thing with technology and what we touch on, um, I just had to look up, I just wanted to make like, just look at the, the definition of technology. So the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industries, that is your community. That's where the technology needs to be. Your community is a technology. We are as humans, the, the technology. And so it's not letting devices become our, our tool of pleasure and and gods almost for some people but really use using it to utilize how to better our communities how to learn this stuff how to make politicians politicians and stuff locally should be coming out of those communities and being breaded in that if you get introduced to it earlier and you're like okay this is what it is and this may not be the direction a young child may may or may not go down but at least they know so then maybe when they go to another community, they can then learn it and develop it there. And and one of the things when we had the, our our meeting a couple of weeks ago, you all like really stressed community. And, and that's the aspect right there, um, because then once you can see your understanding and your local community and understand what's going on, then I, I feel and both uh, all of you can like maybe um, correct me on this if I'm wrong or not. But then you can then see the grandiose scheme of the larger community of what this country is. And then you can even go bigger and then go, you know, looking at what the world is. And that scale up is is really difficult to to gain if your your local community hasn't managed to create a common common yeah. center, a common place to start mm -hmm. from. And most communities don't have them anymore. They were all essentially destroyed in a in this period where we had the growth of uh, you know television on on down, where mm -hmm. essentially all of our older stable kind of te technologies that rudest rudest in place uh, essentially became these huge grandiose things. And um, so Doug, at the at the uh, beginning of this year, you said that our politicians were essentially like these dark dark magicians. Um, I think. It well, no, 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 no. I won't, I won't say Dark Magician. The only reason that is because I like Yu-Gi-Oh! And Dark Magician was a very great uh, monster on Yu-Gi-Oh! So, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, like, I, I still have a Dark Magician card to this day. So, not giving him Dark Magician because Dark Magician was dope on Yu-Gi-Oh! So. All right, fair enough. It's contextual. In our context, it's, uh, it's not yeah. a good thing. Um, so, it... I think you'll be pretty amused to know that a lot of spiritual teachers are essentially saying at this point that um, the way our technology has been designed or the structure of our technology is very spiritually unhealthy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 um, it's transmitting the worst possible uh, a feature of human human uh, consciousness towards other humans and this is why you're seeing so many so many things kind of just unraveling everywhere mm -hmm. because we're literally blasting ourselves with with uh negative well negative energies according to yeah mm -hmm. um but politicians as a whole like uh and this ronnie ronnie knows about this because he was he was in marketing um it's they use it and we talk about fake, fake news a lot nowadays yeah back in the day there was a better word for it it's called propaganda um, mm. That was before. Yeah, the you don't hear that word no more. You don't hear it no more because the propagandists took that word and then turned it into political or into uh, public relations, and then public relations became public diplomacy. So it, it, 
they, they made sure to evolve it so that we don't worry about it too much anymore. Mm -hmm. Propaganda is the actual word. We're in the middle, of, we're always in the middle of a propaganda war. The propaganda war has intensified to crazy levels right now. And the way propaganda works is it targets your values, that is to say, it targets your emotions. And it works on all of us. If you think propaganda doesn't work on you, it probably works on you. Um, <laughs> like it, it's, and the way this works is essentially they take a hammer and they start hammering away at your consciousness until they get to that animal side of you. And they just keep hammering away at the logic, all the barriers you have, and they'll just keep repeating the message over and over and over. Really good example of this is when people relate cars with freedom, there's a reason for that. Because our, the, the entire automotive industry has essentially structured itself to relate automo like automobiles, and you'll always see it in the commercials, you know, uh, with these, these vehicles moving through either empty streets or... Yeah, there's never traffic, never traffic. Never traffic. Uh, grand open terrains where apparently somehow everything is, is passable by a vehicle <laughs> on a mountainside or whatever. It's like, so you, rec you equate the vehicle with freedom. And in the same way, if you look at our current politics, is, uh, uh, you know, what's Biden's primary message? Well, I'm unity. Like, I'm about unity. I'm about bringing America together. How does he do that? If you look at all of his commercials, it's about, like, you know, it's a very diverse crowd, lots of, lots of black and brown people mixed with mixed in with white people all standing together, smiling happily. Um, you look at Trump's message, it's all about, I bring security and it's all about like cops and stuff. So, you know, they're ha hammering at specific values that we have. And one of the big things that politicians do is that they try to get you, and this is all commercials, this is all, all marketing. Mm -hmm. so they try to get you to relate to their, uh, your value to them using essentially what's, what's in ancient days was called magic, um, which is to say <laughs> words and symbols to associate a specific emotion with a specific issue, with a specific yeah. person. So- And to lead you to an action. To an action, to a person. You are, you are equating safety and security with Trump if you're a Republican or if you're a right winger, you're uh, equating um, fascism and authoritarianism with Trump. If you are a left winger, and unity with uh, Biden. If you're a left winger, and then if you're if you're a right winger, you're uh, associating uh, the the Biden and Hillary Clinton and all the politicians on the left with like communists and pedophiles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because these are the these are the words, these are the images that are being pushed back and forth in order to work past all of your barriers to that emotional animalistic side of you and this is and this is the game they play and they understand it and they develop it and like you said it's, it's all marketing and and what that reminds me of and this show is very ahead of its time i don't know if you all seen this i think ronnie's seen it but futurama futurama was so ahead of its time i what sticks out to my mind is the episode when fry wakes up and he had a dream about some underwear and he wanted to buy them the next day and he was like, hey, guys, like, what's going on? Like, I had this dream about, like, underwears. I want to buy these, like, $1,000 underwears or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's just dream marketing. Like, they literally just put commercials into your head while you sleep. <laughs> and don't tell me we're not far from that because everybody listening to this knows when you went on Amazon and looked at something, it mysteriously pops up on any other website. I don't care if you go into Bible Gateway. 
what you were looking at on Amazon just a couple seconds ago is now on Bible Gateway looking at you again to, to make you hit that purchase sign and maybe get you in your spirit and your emotions like, oh, like it must be a sign. And that's 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 standard. It's just standard across the board. Anywhere in the world you go at this point, this is how this is how it's, it's traditionally always worked. But it's like it's become a science at this point. Uh, what's really funny is um, so there's there's a lot of evidence that Sigmund Freud was uh, in quite a few occult circles back in the day when he was doing his initial. A lot of those old school um, um, uh, psychologists mm-hmm. were in a lot of occult circles. So a lot of the stuff that they studied was from occult philosophies and occult teachings. The mm. guy who came up, who turned the word propaganda into PR was Sigmund Freud's grandson. So, <laughs> so <laughs> there's a very weird connection right there. Hold on, um, that sounds like a conspiracy and some sort of propaganda, sir. What kind of effective marketing are you trying to put? <laughs> Which craft are you throwing onto this microphone? No, I'm not appreciative well, of I have your some Jedi mind tricks, sir. <laughs> And, and so, and I think that's the element. And I know I used to get get caught up on this. And you're like, okay, how in the fuck? Who? How do I tackle this thing? And like you've all touched on that community, looking at your local stuff and everything. But I mean, when when I look at at politics and everything, like I just see like it's this damn venomous web. They're all together. They just chose a side. It's like wrestling. Um, it's politics to me, honestly, is like wrestling. It's literally like WWE, Vince McMahon, his boys with Trump. I mean, it just all makes sense. It's funny because I was actually watching like WrestleMania like five or six or something. And it was at the Trump Towers and Trump is front row and all this stuff. And I'm like, the webs, just the webs that are there and not really being able to see it and understand it is that's where the power comes from and people have to like recognize more and, and, and actually build those communities. So what, what, what would you all say to that? Like just in, in that sense of the, the webs and everything that is politics and the magic and witchcraft and whatever else you want to throw out there. Um, I'll let one of the other guys talk if, if they want to. Cause <laughs> like, I've been talking. <laughs> when I train people to get it started, I often hear that it's huge, it's too much. And uh, the only one thing I use that seems to work for the most part, sometimes it does not, is that don't worry about the big stuff, worry about the local. Mm-hmm. Pick five, just those five. Worry about those five. I'll, let you, I'll go down the list and give you the broad strokes. Which one interests you? Okay, these are the five. Pick these five. You wanna pick just three of the five? That's fine too. Start small. It's that whole journey of a first step crap that you hear yeah. and you think, oh, that's some crap. But you realize that's actually very true. <laughs> you got to take the first step. Yeah. And once you do, you can see you're going to take the second. And I'll be up to you. Yeah. Got to crawl before you walk. But that whole, you can lead a horse to water, you can't teach it to drink and shit. And that's very true. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I could leave you there, but dude, you got to be able to take your drink and find out how that works and watch out around the water to see them get you know, swapped on and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's up to you to take that to the next level on your own as a person. <laughs> yeah. So that's the best way I found to introduce people to it as sections. And as they get more confident with it, they expand. And I leave myself open for conversations. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're in another district. I'll intentionally get that 
big belt book from the other district, read that and research that, and I can talk to them about it if they have questions. Mm-hmm. I love politics. I'm weird. Okay. But that's, also politics. No, that, that's, that's, that's nothing weird about that. That's just you. It's dirty and evil now, but I still love politics. <laughs> We're definitely gonna be talking because I got it. I got it better myself. Uh, Ronnie? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna have to say that, like, um, for this particular for this particular topic, I mean, we've definitely talked about uh, technology and the propaganda machine or the marketing mm. machine. Or the Freudian machine. <laughs> yeah, the Freudian machine. The, the occult machine, let's go with that Occult machine. <laughs> the Numenidi machine. Uh, but um, like when, when, you, when you combine it all, that's mostly what it is that I'm getting towards, is when you combine it all, you have the exact recipe for anonymous dickish behavior. And in that behavior comes a lot of mass confusion, like I've been talking about, all up in the streets. Uh, you know, I, I was on, <laughs> I remember when candidate Trump was running for his election, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be a good idea at all. Because I kind of knew this was coming. Uh, the confusion part of things, mm-hmm. essentially, and how it was all connected. He is not a very great businessman. But he is definitely good at marketing. And that's what he was able to do to go ahead and get himself elected into this particular position that he's in. And I remember being online on Facebook, getting into one of those stupid arguments that I didn't even want to get into. And uh, this one person who was just like, uh, we were just kind of discussing the situation. I was like, what he's doing is it effective marketing, uh, which is part of his propaganda machine. And the other person's like, Propaganda is not marketing. I was like, mm. <laughs> if that's the case, then how did you even sign up for Facebook if you didn't possibly like get that incepted into your mind? Hey, I should sign up for this uh, social media thing. I hear it's the new craze. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what people are falling for all the time. The new iPhone is out. Ah, and I sold the original iPhone. Let me tell you. Uh-oh. People were entitled. Entitled because they were picking up their new fancy dandy phone. That was incepted into your mind. You're not really an entitled person. You're probably a really great person. But that day that you didn't get your iPhone, things got emotional, didn't it? <laughs> because whatever was incepted into your head that you were looking to pick up and you were looking to get, all of a sudden, maybe it was sold out. And so that's the same thing, kind of the emotional attachment to your product, which is Democrat, Republican, yeah. Libertarian, Green Party. Your product is what you're trying to go ahead and lift up so then it takes up the top position. Mm-hmm. And you do that with your marketing. And with that comes your rhetoric, your speeches, the people that you have around you, the way that all of you behave, because this is a guilty by association type play if you were to catch my drift as to where i'm going with this uh if you go ahead and look at the mass amount of news stories you'll see many different news stories some positive some negative and a lot of them get swept under the rug 
because mostly the main things that you're hearing about is fires or you're hearing about uh, what police officer did this or uh, you know what crimes being committed while protests are going on and then lumping all those people in together because of clever wordplay or using the athletes as a distraction right now or using the athlete yeah or using the veterans as a distraction. all this stuff also they can go ahead and pull off their greatest tricks keeping all of us separated all of us isolated all of us not talking about anything important Reach. and not even being able to see each other face to face all that separation all that breeds a lot of different things going on that we possibly don't even know about yeah which is why you're probably seeing corruption fingers being pointing at both sides because maybe they're both doing some gnarly shit they shouldn't yeah. be doing. Which is why you're probably seeing all these people who no longer believe in law and order because they keep seeing law and order not doing things they shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing. Like, they're, they're not doing it anymore. And so, like, all of this is going on, and I'm kind of just sitting back, not laughing, but just chuckling a little bit because I'm just like, I remember seeing these band of crazies nothing's changed you know and it's and it's real that that emotional piece you touched on and i think that's where like like all of you have touched on like how the marketing how the propaganda how all the facts on facts fights um is using your emotions the way you can now come back around and curve this is what are you emotionally tied to and invested in in your community and that's where you start that's where you start to look at in the policies. Like like Dale was telling you, pick five things. Pick the thing that's like if you're if you got kids, you should be invested in school stuff. Like what's going on with the school board, the superintendent, like what's going on with all of them. You know, if you take public transportation, who who's really having a sound plan of your public transportation or whatever that is. So really looking at that and and this has honestly helped me a lot to really look at this stuff and really focus it. I just went to the mailbox today and my 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 my, my Bible of politics, I would say, came in. The, the um or my propaganda book, I would <laughs> that way. Um but really like gonna go and explore that. And so with that and as we get as we get ready to wrap up and stuff here um that emotions part how can people outside of maybe what i said or some different different way to approach it how can people curve their logic their emotions to start to turn that corner to start and make better sound uh judgment for their community because like we can talk about presidency and all that stuff but like let's really look at it and focus on that community aspect so whoever wants to take the floor right now I'll go first real quick. Mine's going to be super quick. Uh, one, learn new skills. Uh, like, there's actually another pandemic going on, I'm going to go ahead and say, where people don't know how to cook their own damn food. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I ain't going to touch that one. Go yeah, ahead. I know, right? But I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not kidding. Learn some new skills at this moment in time while you have time to learn them. You might as well. Because that could actually help you out in the future. If you ever find yourself in another situation like this to definitely get involved with your community, even if you're just talking to your neighbors, but get involved with your community, find out what's going on in your community. Uh, basically do the investigating yourself. 
Like, you got to really just maybe go for a walk. Like, go see what's going on outside. You know, it was a shock to me just to wake up one morning and, oh, it's really orange outside. Huh. I wonder where those fires are. Maybe I should go ask who else is, you know, seeing all this craziness. Because I, I hope it's not just me and my eyes playing tricks on me or whatever. And, boy, it doesn't look like the air quality was all that great. So it's just like, you know, get involved with your community. Find out what's going on. And uh, the third thing is, is definitely take care of the youth. Because one day you don't want to, want to have them, like, looking at you funny, thinking, man, maybe you should just be gone. Because <laughs> you fucked up my future. Because honestly, seriously, take care of the youth. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. Uh, there's still a pandemic going on. Sickness is going on spreading. Uh, you don't know quite all the effects of this virus. I kind of have a little bit more idea because I have meetings with nurses and doctors and they're telling me all this business of what this thing is doing. Um, and honestly, when it comes to the youth, like it's not to say that they won't recover. It's also not to say that maybe there won't be some long-term health effects with this. Mm -hmm. um, also, teach them some skills like cooking. Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it. Teach, teach these kids something. Because even if you, like, uh, teach them how to sew, how to, you know, fix clothes, how to um, maybe do self-care in a time of not being able to shower. I don't know what it is. Just teach them some good skills. Because they might Ronnie, need... what if they ain't got skills? Oh, teach yourself some skills. <laughs> wow, you got, the... that was number one, wasn't it? Teach yourself something new. Definitely teach yourself something new. Read your books. Like, read whatever you got in the house. Like, do something. But, like, honestly, get involved in nurturing uh, yourself, nurturing your community, and definitely the youth, man. Because those, those three things are going to make up your community and the self-community, the, the outward community, and the uh, it takes a village to raise kids. All that is true. Don't read We're the Vogue. Put those, put those Vogue magazines away. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, V. Um, that getting getting emotions under control is a really difficult thing. But I think the first thing, first step to it is is recognizing that every human being thinks emotionally first and then justifies their emotional choices with logic after the fact all of us do it that's how we operate look we we have evolved over millions of years to use our emotions that's what's kept us alive the whole logic thing is like less than five thousand years old evolutionary speaking like it's just it's not that new um everybody who runs around yelling about how logical they are are, are absolutely full of themselves um so recognize that first and then understand that the words you use and how you use those words are not necessarily how other people are using or, or, or hearing those words. Uh, same way, if other people are speaking, they're using words in ways that may be unfamiliar to you uh, or in using them in ways that uh, make you uncomfortable. But they may not mean what you think they're actually trying to, to like what they're saying you have to go ask them it's like hey what do you mean by this that would be the third thing ask more questions and making commentary like hey what do you mean by this hey 
what does this actually mean? What do these words mean? Like, where are you getting this information? Why is this piece? Of, why is this a valid source as opposed to this thing? Um, like, has this source ever been wrong? Uh, on and on. There's there are more questions than you you can ask than realistically comments than you can make about a subject. Um, and if you are, and this is one of the things about the internet, everybody thinks they need to make comments. Uh, because, you know, it's a comment section. So obviously you should be commenting. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if they needed a question section, would people be asking more questions? Um, doubt it. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a happy time. <laughs> so it's, it's, you need to learn how to ask questions. It's a learned, it is, it is one of those skills. If you want a skill to learn, learn how to ask questions. There's a, you know, who, what, when, why, where, that just keep going on that over and over and you can you can learn volumes just by asking and talking less um so those would be my three things really just recognize that you think emotionally and you reason at, you reason about it after the fact you know uh like learn to ask questions and understand that words are are pretty pretty flexible in how they're used uh very flexible in fact in how they're used so those those would be my, my three big things on how to curtail your emotions. I don't know if they'll actually work, but they work for me so far ish. Uh, it's not it's not 100%, guys. It's never going to be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's never 100%, but as as a professor, I would definitely tell you that that, that when you ask about them questions, whoo, do it get silent. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. There's so much. Okay. Community. I live in a city, so I don't know. For me, it's about floors. Mm -hmm. So it's about the apartments on my floors, to be honest with you. And I say this because we're starting to have conversations about the uh, city ballots and the state ballots. In the hallway, we stop and talk. Well, I spend 10, 15 minutes talking, like, you know, we, we, we like in you know, suburban neighborhoods and just having conversations, just coming home, going and coming, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's weird, especially on this floor, because I don't know if it happens on the other floors, but on this floor, you know more than half your neighbors. And there are 12, 14 apartments each floor. Like, how do you know half your neighbors? And if you know six people who live near you, that's not supposed to happen in a city. You in a city, you supposed to be a, a number. You supposed to be not, uh -uh. but there are people who have conversations about music, art, how to get video and things like that from the library. So if you, you know, you're a poor college student, uh, we have a literary grad who I'm proofreading some of her stuff before she graduated this, this, this uh, May. You know what I mean? These things are, you don't meet, I mean, come a moment, that, that's pretty awesome that I'm reading this wonderful writing yeah. Thing we're having these wonderful conversations about books, Marcus Aurelius, things like that. It's like it's very, very fucking fantastic. And mm -hmm. how often does it happen where a community naturally grows? I don't know. I don't live in other buildings. I've lived in this building for quite some time. Yeah. But since I've been here, this community has always done that. And some of them are within the greater community, Tenderloin. Mm -hmm. 
they are going down there and they're helping out at community centers and things of that nature. And they're getting people from our floor to volunteer when they can, which is something else as well. So it's not just helping out here and discussing the politics and being immersed in the propositions on a ballot that will affect the tenderloin and the people living in it. It's more about we're going to bring it in so you're actually a part of the whole thing. It's yeah. kind of weird. I, I don't really participate in the whole fiscal out there because I got other things going on, but I do what I can with discussions and donations, but a little money for cash here or there. Yeah. But if I didn't know these people, I wouldn't give that money to nobody to do anything with. Mm -hmm. And because I'm part of this, I'll give that money. So it always rocks me because to me, community hasn't been worth much. But then I hear V's talk about community, what community can do and all this yeah. stuff. I'm experiencing this whole community aspect now. And now I feel community is very, very, very important to mm -hmm. get things done. And it's awesome. It's a wonderful feeling when I'm part of a community. Yeah. And I hope who's ever listened to this takes that first step to actually stop in a hallway and say, hi, how's your day? Mm -hmm. Get a conversation going and see if you can build your community on your floor. See what happens. Yeah. Take a chance. And that's that part of taking a chance and, and opening your heart. Um, and one of the things I would I would say, just echoing what all you said, so I won't I won't say anything too much too long. Um, what you put in is what you gonna what you're gonna get out. Um, I was talking with a with a friend the other day and one of my analogies I would use going forward, especially with the youth right now, um, that I work with, um, a lot of them may not have experienced this, but um when you go to the laundromat, you put a dollar in, you get your four quarters back. That's that's what you get. What you put in is what you what you get out. And so it doesn't it doesn't give you fifty cents. I haven't seen that machine yet. There might be some janky machines out there. But at the same time, and one machine might take your dollar, but you know what? That's also part of life. So it's also opening your heart to even when things may not look directly or go directly the way that you wanted it and especially when there's other people and hearts and everything involved but honestly going in there with, with a with the best of intentions best of hearts um to be able to get that because if you think about it on the other end you think about a bank robber a bank robber goes into the bank trying to get whatever they can it's not like they're like oh okay i'm going in here and i know i'm getting like 10 million i'm leaving. they're like i'm getting whatever i can and that's a robber but when you're really trying to build community and, and build growth and, and, and change, you got to be open to those opportunities of what you put in and what you put out, but also just things not always going directly your way, but being invested in what's going on in the community and everything. And so I definitely hope you got something from this. Uh, gentlemen, I thank you again so much for your for your wealth of knowledge and everything. And again, I, I'm going to have to figure out where to use that 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 pre uh episode stuff because that that was hilarious and fun but this was good as well um so until next time uh y'all keep listening stay safe uh build your community build your community right now more than ever build your community but like dale said like let it be more than just some politics and ballots and all that stuff really build your community because you never know who can come out of that and you never know what can come out of that when you really build the community so until next time y'all this has been the dig on Doug. peace out hey. this has been another episode of dig on Doug. i really hope you got something out of this and if you did 
go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.